0: home, um, and you will turn with me. I'm going to read two verses of Scripture. The first is found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The second one, which is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, is found in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says that for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And so for just a few minutes tonight, I promise you I won't be too long, I'd like to talk to you about this topic, the breath of life, the breath of life. And a quick disclaimer, I use Romans chapter 1 verse 20 a lot. It says that uh, the invisible things of God are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. And I feel like when you're looking at God's creation, you're not just looking at something that God created haphazardly and then kind of moved on. You're looking at at something that God had put His heart into and His mind into, and it, it tells you something about the nature and the characteristics of God. So I love that opportunity to do that. And uh, it reminds me one time I have a friend, and uh, one friend, I have one friend. Um, I have a friend, and he was uh, I was talking with him, and I, I made a just a random statement that I've always made. Uh, We were talking about planning for an event, and I said, well, we got to be careful because the devil is in the details, and uh, he actually stopped me, and he was like, no, the devil's not in the details. God is in the details, and uh, I was like, okay. You know, I didn't think a whole lot of it at the time, but then I kind of looked back, and it's true. You know, God is in the details. When you look at the details of creation, you you can really see God's fingerprints, and Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 talks to us about the breath of life, and, and in this verse, uh, God, it's awesome, I love the Bible, because it's so concise, and it's so quick, and it, it, it talks about God forming man, and breathing into his body, the breath of life, and it just moves right along, like that's it, and we move on, I could ask a thousand questions about that verse alone, and, and it's summarized so quickly, but you know, the simple act of breathing is something that we take for granted every day, but you can see God, in breath. I want everybody to do something for me. If you're at home, no matter where you're at, driving in your car, I want you to take a deep breath in, and then let it out. Well, I feel better, because I'm I'm here in an empty sanctuary, so (laughs) hopefully that helps you out as well. But you know what? That simple act of breathing, we don't think about it a lot, but did you know that we take between, as humans, 12 to 20 breaths every minute? And if you start doing the math on that, it adds up quickly. That's 21,000 breaths in a single day. If you take that over the course of a year, the average person will breathe over 7 million times in one single year. That's incredible. That's a lot of breathing for individuals who a lot of times don't really think about it. I gotta tell you a little bit about uh, my personal background. I'm passionate about breathing for a couple of reasons. One, it keeps me alive, <laughs> and two, Um, As a respiratory therapist, it's what I do for a career. So about 15 years ago, um, I started working as a respiratory therapist, which is, you know, it's it's a health profession that's not really well known. So for five years, I worked in acute care, working directly with patients. And then for the last 10 years, I've had the opportunity to um, work in education. So now I help other people become respiratory therapists as well. And, you know, outside of the medical community, a respiratory therapist is not really well known and there's a reason for that. Um, a respiratory therapist is doing their very best work when a patient's life is probably at its lowest point, meaning that those breaths that we can take for granted, there are diseases and there are conditions that can come into play where those breaths are no longer able to be taken by a person. And so what happens is a, is a person will go into an in- intensive care unit and will go on to life support machines called ventilators, and at that point, A respiratory therapist will literally be breathing for a patient, managing a machine for a period of time. Ironically enough, individuals who are on ventilators don't remember their stay, because during that time, they were usually very sick. So the respiratory therapist will be there. Hopefully, the patients will recover. The RTs are gone, and then the patients a lot of times don't even know that the RT was there at the bedside. Um, But for 15 years, I've made breathing a career. Um, And I've seen firsthand the painful experiences that can come when breathing becomes difficult. The simple act of breathing, something we can take for granted, and something that we do 20,000 times a day. When that becomes compromised, every single moment of a person's life becomes focused on just trying to get that next breath. And it can become very challenging for those individuals who become sick or diseased and don't have that ability to breathe uh, like they should. And you know the act of breathing, it's not just a gift from God in that it gives us life. It actually shows some detail and it shows some glory of God. So Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And we know this, we know how important the blood is. We've talk, we talk a lot about the blood, but did you know that God created breathing, breath, as the filtering system for the blood, our breathing automatically coordinates with our blood to determine the rate and the depth at which we breathe. It's pretty impressive. Um, if I was to if I was to take off from this this podium where I'm standing and just run full speed to the back of this church, and then somehow by the grace of God is able to run all the way back without di- without dying or passing out, you would notice my breathing would be very different. I'd be breathing heavy. I'd be breathing deeper. And you know what's awesome about it is I wouldn't be telling my body to do that. My body would just naturally do that because your breath is in sync with your blood. It recognizes certain levels in your blood and automatically adjusts how you breathe. And so when God created the act of breathing, he took a lot of factors into consideration. He knew that, he knew that the tissue that makes up every cell of our body would need a life source. That life source is called oxygen, and it's in that very air that we breathe. Every time we inhale, we are inhaling life into our body. The life of the flesh is the blood, and the life of the blood is oxygen. When we work out or we do a strenuous activity, through cell metabolism, our body creates waste. This waste is referred to as carbon dioxide, or CO2. If we have it in large quantities, it's actually toxic to our bodies. And if the CO2 is not removed from our body, within a minute or two, we could actually lose consciousness or pass out so literally every time we exhale we're exhaling dead things out of our body we're inhaling life and we're exhaling death the breath of life God gave humanity at creation we replicate every time and it is truly a gift from God and it's a reminder every breath should be a reminder that we are blessed to be alive and we are blessed to have the opportunity to live this life but in the same way Our physical breath, God's spirit, brings life to our spirits. So as as breath is bringing life to our body, God's spirit is bringing life to our soul. Look at Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11. The writer tells us, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Breath is life to the body, and the spirit is life to the soul. Take another deep breath wherever you are. We're breathing in life. But you know what? Sometimes, Things can interfere with our breathing. We didn't anticipate it. Sometimes things can come into our system and our respiratory system has to adapt. In January of this year, the World Health Organization brought about the first warning of a new coronavirus that had been linked to pneumonia in parts of China. As we have all become experts on the coronavirus, and I think we probably all have been, I can't bring you any information that probably hasn't been thrown in your face for the last four or five months but we have learned that this particular virus is not all that different from other coronaviruses that the world has come in contact with. SARS, or severe acute respiratory syndrome, first appeared in the early 2000s, and it caused a stir in many Asian countries. It had a high mortality rate, but it was not easily transmitted. We kind of survived that first coronavirus, and then we moved into MERS, or Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, This one was deadly. This coronavirus originated in the Middle East and had a very high mortality rate, but thankfully, it was not easily spread. Now we have COVID-19, which is another coronavirus, and its high transmission rates have have created a worldwide pandemic. Thankfully, for individuals who are relatively healthy, survival rate has been high. However, because of its easy transmission, this virus has led to global changes in the way that we look Transmission, and on a side note, here at Refuge Church, we take this virus very serious, and uh, we want to say thank you to everybody who's complied with the regulations and the masks. And we're doing everything we can to make sure that we take this virus and, and the health of everybody that comes to this church very, very serious. And I commend everybody who has complied and have worked on that, because this is very much a safe place. But for the sake of tonight, I just want to draw your attention to the sinister nature of these three coronaviruses as a whole. Coronaviruses impact the lungs ability to breathe and are transmitted via droplets that can be exposed during the breathing process. Individuals trying to breathe, trying to breathe in life sometimes can exhale this virus and can cause problems for other individuals. When one of these viruses is inhaled, it's looking for a weak or vulnerable cell within the body to infect when it is able to infect that weak cell it turns into a factory to actually grow other cells and duplicate itself influencing the rest of the infected individuals body as the infection grows a virus can turn into a deadly pneumonia that fills an individual's lungs with fluid and as the virus irritates the affected portion of the lung inflammation can occur further which then limits airflow within that portion of the lung an individual with a severe case of any of these these three coronaviruses that I mentioned finds themselves suffocating from within. Oxygen is not able to be inhaled into the tissues, and CO2 is unable to exit. Life can't enter. The toxins cannot exit. And the breath of life that God has been has given to us is rendered compromised at best and possibly absent at worst because of what this virus has done in the body. Viruses are not cool. Not just the coronavirus. No virus is good. Virus on your no virus. Virus on your computer, virus on your body. We don't want any viruses. None of them are good. Virus indicates a bad thing, an unwanted organism. But they're actually, if we look close at viruses, we can actually see that they are a lot like sin. Our text said the invisible things are clearly seen through creation. And we wrestle not with flesh. We wrestle not with blood, but we wrestle with principalities. We wrestle with, with things that are just outside of our five senses that we know we're not right, but we just can't quite grasp. That's what we wrestle with in the spirit, spirit world. But when we look at these viruses, we can see the way sin tries to work and tries to get into our life and tries to get into our soul. What a virus does to the body, sin does to the soul. Viruses can be spread and picked up without the carrier realizing it has happened we know this we're doing we're doing testing all around this nation for people who aren't symptomatic but they recognize that we can pick up a virus and carry it even though we don't realize it and you know in the same way sin can creep into our life now more than ever and infect our walk with God and we can carry it unaware and it can live in our life when a virus is present within the lungs the breath we take for granted starts to become compromised. And it starts to become a little bit more difficult to take those breaths. And you know what? When sin is present in our lives, our relationship with God is compromised. It's not as easy to pray. It's not as easy to get a hold of the things of God. Viruses are looking for a weak spot, a vulnerable population that they can infect. And in the same way, sin is looking for a vulnerable spot in our life, a spot that maybe we're not protecting that it can attach to, and that it can enter into our soul. Viruses can lay dormant for a while, but eventually, if somebody carries a virus long enough, symptoms will physically manifest themselves. Sin can also lay dormant for a while, but eventually, it will start to show, and symptoms will be revealed. And you know, many of us in America, not just our local church, and honestly, not just America, but across the globe, many of us Christians right now, we're more vulnerable to the effects of sin than we've ever been. Church services are limited, not by choice, but out of precaution, uh, out, of, out of regulation by the authorities. Church services are limited. Most church, church ministries aren't even running. You know, if, if we're having services, a lot of ministries across the globe are just shut down because we can't run all of our ministries and, and, uh, and operate within the guidelines that are set forward. Conferences are being canceled. Fellowships are being canceled all across the country. Accountability to a church setting has never been lower than it is right now. As a result of this virus, sin is looking into the newly vulnerable Christian ranks to infect whoever is not taking proper precautions. When sin infects us, it spreads within our soul. And if we don't repent and move ourselves from the source... It can impact God's breath into our soul. James describes temptation and sin in this manner in James chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. He said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Life, he's talking about life. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death, life and death. Sin or the spirit of God. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Sin is like a virus. It can corrupt our system and destroy the natural breath of life that God has given us. In the last verse, we read, do not err. James is like, don't err. In other words, if I could put it in, in, in Chad's interpretation, he's saying, brothers, take precautions. He's saying, take precautions. Do not err with sin. And you know, uh, one of, I'm not going to say my favorite things, but one of the things that has come about with this pandemic is a new fashion statement. Uh, Masks have become a way of life, and uh, some of them are amazing. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. If you you have been out in public, if you've come to a church service, if you've been to a restaurant, you have probably seen some amazing masks. I personally have. My favorite is the guy with the water bottle. He's just doing it, man. (laughs) And you know what? Masks Not taking a political stance at all. Not going to wear them. I am going to... Masks, here's what masks do. Masks are a precaution. Uh, Those of us who have worked in the medical field, we know what it means to wear a mask before coronavirus. We were wearing masks before masks were cool. We've always been wearing masks because there's something about putting on a mask and recognizing what's in my lungs, I'm not going to put in your lungs. And what's in your lungs, I don't want you to put in my lungs. And the masks are probably the easiest way do that Now, are some more effective than others? Yes. Um, does it matter how you wear them? Yes, absolutely. But the point of the masks that have come around is it's an attempt. We're, we're making an effort here to stop this virus from easily moving from one person to the next. And there's something to that. There's something to that. And you know what? There's something to taking precautions as well with our soul. Taking precautions with what we pass on to one another, what we inhale, what we visualize, what we see. There's something about taking precautions that does count for something. And so I wonder if while we're cruising around, um, running into stores, going into restaurants, forgetting our masks in the truck like I do every single time and having to turn around and go get it and complain and put it back on and then sneezing because it itches my nose. Uh, when we're doing that, when we're putting on this mask, you know, and Maybe we're doing it for the right reasons. Maybe we're doing it just because, you know, if I'm getting a Slurpee inside that store, I've got to put this mask on. It's just a means to an end. Whatever your reasoning, I wonder if we could stop and think for a second. I'm taking this precaution for my lungs, for my body right now. And maybe not just my body. I'm taking precautions for those around me as well, which is probably more important. Um, I wonder if we can stop and think, hey, what am I doing to protect myself on a daily basis as it relates to sin? Am I, am I breathing in the good things of God? Am I exhaling the things that I, that I don't need that aren't good for me, that aren't good for my soul? Am I protecting myself from the sin that doth so easily beset us? Here on a Wednesday Principles for Life, I mean, what if, what if every time we put on a mask this next week, we thought, hey, I'm going to protect my body, but maybe I'm going to just say a prayer. Or maybe I'm going to, uh, maybe I'm just going to revisit, maybe I revisit my Bible when I get home. Maybe I take some precautions for my soul in this time as well. The invisible things of God are clearly seen by the natural things. Let's not protect our bodies and not protect our souls. God created our bodies with such an amazing immune system that even when we are exposed to something like a virus that has bad intentions, a virus coming in with bad intentions, even when we breathe it into our lungs, our bodies recognize it and fight it. Virus symptoms tell us something is not right. And our bodies start fighting something and start showing symptoms. And we, we want to help it out. So what, so what do we do when we recognize we have a virus? Because viruses, they didn't start with the coronavirus. My personal least favorite is probably the cold virus, right, that comes around. And I'll tell you all, the cold hits me harder <laughs> than it hits everybody else. I don't know why. Um, I, get, I get the man cold, man. It hits hard. So when the, when the cold comes on and I start recognizing the symptoms, I got a I strategy. I'm running to the Walgreens or the CVS. I'm going to grab a Sprite, uh, Kleenex, the DayQuil, NyQuil box combo. (laughs) Because you got a DayQuil for the day, NyQuil for the night. Uh, Sometimes maybe we'll stop by Urgent Care and get the good stuff. Box of Twinkies because you got to feed a fever. Don't want to lose your strength while you're fighting the virus. And then we get home and we've got the symptoms and we're going to do everything we can to beat this. We're not worried about dying, but we're going to beat this and we're going to get on with life we recognize symptoms in our physical body lead to something, there's something wrong. Like I see these symptoms and I'm going to do what I can to treat these symptoms and get on with life. But are, what if we're showing signs like this, that we're fighting a virus, that we're fighting something in our soul? Are we going to adjust that? Are we going to, are we going to look for that? Is our prayer life non-existent? Hey, we used to do Friday prayer here at the church for the men. I believe the ladies did it on Saturday. And uh, for a long time, we had a really solid showing, mostly. And I'll be honest, because like, I, I would come to it, and I would feel bad. I was like, these guys are getting up, and they're going to come down and pray. There was an accountability there. I know, man. I know that there's going to be four or five guys down there. And if I don't go, it's going to be hard to look them in the eye on Sunday, because they made it, and I didn't. But you know what? That accountability is gone. That accountability, it's different now. And so what are we doing? Is our prayer life non-existent? Is it hard to find time to read the Bible our, our service is an option. It's Wednesday. I'll catch the live stream later. Sunday, mm, there's other stuff going on. What are, What is our soul saying? Is it saying, hey, maybe you could help me out. Maybe you could, maybe you could get, give me some help here, some spiritual uh, day quill. You know, Galatians reminds us of the symptoms that manifest in our life when we are impacted by sin in verses 19 through 21 of chapter 5. What's our soul trying to say to us? What's our symptoms? What are are we exhaling? What are we breathing? How are we breathing? What are we taking in and what are we putting out? As we wrestle with a new novel coronavirus, let's continue to win the old battle against our flesh and against sin. And you know what? Right now, the virus, it's everywhere. You you don't have to look for signs of the virus in this this day and age. In fact, I'm standing here, and even within our church, we have six-foot spacing signs You know, to make sure that we social distance. And and if you go out into a store, try to get into Walmart, man. They got an armed guard to make sure you got your mask on. That you don't have to look very hard to see that the virus is all around us. And you know what? Sufficient to the day, the Bible says, is the evil thereof. You don't have to look very hard to find sin either. It's all over. It's all over the place. It's all over your social media accounts. It's all over your workplace. It's everywhere you go. It feels like sin is just ramping up everywhere. It seems like it's running rampant. But you know what? I'm thankful because Romans chapter 5 verse 20 told us and it reminds us that where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. And so when we're looking around and we're seeing this virus everywhere and we're seeing sin everywhere, we we just have to recognize that God has given us grace for this time. God knew this time was coming. He wasn't shocked by the coronavirus. He wasn't shocked by everything that happened. He knew it. And he knew there was going to be new struggles for each and every one of us. He knew there was going to be new challenges. We've heard people come into this pulpit over the last few months and say, hey, this, virus, this, this condition, this thing that's happening, it's causing those who had a relationship with God to get stronger. It's causing those who were on the fringe to get weaker. We've heard it said over and over and over again. But you know what? God saw that. And it's not his will that anybody would fall away during this time. He's given us grace. He's given us sufficient grace for this time. But we've got to get a hold of him. We've got to breathe in the good things of God. We've got to exhale and get rid of and distance ourselves away from the things of this world. We're called to be more, and we can only be more if the breath of life, if the Spirit of God is within us. Like the breath of life bringing in good things and exhaling the bad, the Spirit wants to produce good things within us. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 goes on to say, it it starts out with telling us the, the fruits of sin... And now it's going to go on to tell us the fruit of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such things, there is no law. You know, those are the symptoms that I want to exhibit. But you know what? It takes work. It takes effort. It takes precautions. It takes us recognizing that I've got to take in the good things of God, and I've got to get rid of the things that the world is trying to feed me, the world is trying to put into my path. No, I can't breathe that in right now. I can't breathe that in. I've got to breathe in the good things of God. Those of us who are spirit-filled, now more than ever, we have got to have the spirit working in our lives. Every day, we've got to pray. We've got to get a hold of the good things of God and breathe it in. If you're here, if you're listening, and you're listening online, and you say, Hey, man, I've never even been filled with the spirit with what you're talking about. You know what? God can put that spirit within you wherever you're at. You can come join us on Sunday, and I promise you if, you, if you come here with expectancy, God can fill you with his spirit. He can fill you with his spirit in your home right now. But you know what? His spirit is life, and the, the thing that the world is trying to put on us is death. So as we wrap this up and as we come to a close, I just want to encourage each and every one of you that are watching, God has a plan. God has given us grace, but it's time for us to take the precautions that we need to take. It's time for us to focus on breathing in the good things of God, letting his spirit work in our life, and making sure that we distance ourselves from the thing that would try to so easily take us off course. I'd like to say thank you for everybody who tuned in. I appreciate each and every one of you. Hopefully we will see you later on this week. Amen.